0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. I do these programs because I am committed to bringing to um, your awareness, to your consciousness, ordinary people who just like me, just like you, have undergone a spiritual awakening, we are at some level on our spiritual journey. And we have committed to doing the work that is necessary to transform our minds, so that we can learn how to live from our hearts. And for today, I've got somebody who is doing exactly that. And her name is Avon. And she is in one of my classes, I've met her through the Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta. So please join me in welcoming somebody who I am certain is going to inspire you as she has um, inspired me. Hello, Miss Avon, thank you for joining me. I guess it's
1: not good morning, but hello. (laughs) Good afternoon.
0: Maybe maybe I'm still on morning time because I haven't had enough coffee. (laughs) And thank you, Ron, for your sweet message. I appreciate that. Um, Avon and I definitely do love doing um, the the work that is necessary to move us out, to understand what the third dimension is so that we can move out of that and begin to assist with the ascension for the whole planet into the fifth dimension. So welcome, Avon. Thank you. (coughs) Well, thank you for being here today with me on this rainy day in Atlanta, um, on a lovely, cool, very cool, cold February morning. So let me start with you, where I start with everybody. <clears throat> um, when did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you have been taught that there was when you began to ask those those existential questions like you know is this is this all that there is to life you know mm-hmm. more of a deeper who am I and why am I here kind of questions when did that start for you
1: well actually that started as I was a teenager um okay. I grew up in a parochial school um all my life, and always questioned uh, always have these imaginations about what they call the devil back then, uh,
0: yeah
1: wondering where he was and all that when I got into college, <clears throat> I was pretty young uh, I was sixteen when I entered college, and about age seventeen, there was something on the campus about transcendental meditation, okay. and for some reason it just um it just kind of caught my 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 um interest, I had literally grown up in what most people call a perfect household. You know, I was an only child, my mom spoiled me. Um, Everything was good, no problems, no, you know, no challenges. But when I was in college, just something about Transcendental Meditation interested me. So I took my tuition money, which was $160 at that time, uh, a quarter, and I used that to take a class in meditation and uh, and i was about 17 years old and i started using that and i was just you know i was just awed by it so that i think was really my the beginning of my journey um that transcendental meditation they call tm
0: yes yes and i've heard of it and i've not um participated actively participated in transcendental meditation but i definitely have my own meditation practice can you please share um what what exactly is transcendental meditation? How is it different from what people might think of as just regular meditation?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, transcendental meditation founded by Maharishi Yogi uh, is a, a practice. Uh, there's a ceremony that a person goes through in receiving what they call a, a, a mantra that is specific for you or for the individual and uh and, and a very uh elaborate ceremony in receiving that mantra and then learning how to meditate and uh being recommended to meditate twice a day for twenty minutes and so in the meditation, uh you repeat the mantra and um the mantra takes you deep into silence, and uh, you come out awakened and just feeling amazing,
0: oh wow, yeah. So as a 17 year old, you are being exposed to something you probably had never heard about. Exactly. Especially if you grew up with a Christian um, upbringing because right. like me, I grew up a Christian Catholic and inside of that Catholic upbringing, I never heard about meditation. Um, it just wasn't part of, of what we talked about it. I was exposed to that as later on. So tell, take take us back into the mind of a 17-year-old that has been exposed to something so different. Clearly, now we know today that something was guiding you there. It was part of your path.
1: Right.
0: But as a 17-year-old that didn't know you were on a path, um, what were some of the things that you were discovering that either you liked or that maybe scared you or um, how yeah. it conflicted with some of your upbringing? Uh, your thoughts, your beliefs, take us back into the, the yeah. mind of the seventeen year
1: old. Well, I remember uh, one of the times that I used the meditation, I was getting ready to have a a party of some of my college friends. And I was real nervous about the party, and I remember uh, going into my room and just sitting down and meditating, you know, doing that twenty minutes and then coming out of it just like ready to go. I would use it uh, when things were seemed stressful for me. And it just quieted my mind and, um, you know, it just put me in a good space. And so I, I did use the practice uh, for, for quite a while. Uh, maybe three, four years later, I was introduced to the first book, uh, what I call a metaphysical book uh, by Katherine Ponder called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. By then I'm married, I got married about 22, 21, some early. And um, that book led me to a number of other books. And I th- and that, that was the time when I started really eating up, seeking anything um, metaphysical. Okay. Yeah.
0: So share um, what was it that you were feeling that had you then take that first book and from there branch out? Because for me, kind of the same thing happened. Um, and I love to have these conversations because I love to make it, uh, just so accessible for everybody who's on a spiritual journey to realize that we all kind of go through very similar stages. Mm-hmm. And there there is a curiosity, then then we enter. And once you open that door, oh my gosh, it, it's like you get pulled into this whole right. new world. Um, what were some of these, these books that then uh, pulled you in and some of the teachings and teachers that impressed you and share some of the things that you were discovering.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I was, I was married at the time. I actually had started going to, or became a part of Mary Kay. Everybody knows about Mary Kay that, and, um, they recommend us books, you know, for just your growth. And that's where I, that's where I learned about the uh, dynamic laws of prosperity in the back of that book. There was a, Oh, like a little card that had a number of other, the only thing I can remember, it had some other information on this card. And that information led me to a a church or a center called the Science of Mind. And the Science of Mind, was about 1977, 78, around then, the Science of Mind church was in downtown San Diego. And I went there, uh, a teacher... Uh, Terry Cole Whitaker was the minister there and I just started, I was just hungry for that information. I um, stayed there for quite a while, got involved in the church and um, followed Terry Cole Whitaker for quite a while until that church um, dissolved and then I found another one. And so just was on that journey, just really the word hungry, I was hungry for that and um just would sit and read and read and read anything i could find (laughs) about that
0: yeah yes totally that that is again very similar to me once once i entered into the world of one book that led to another led to another and i started um attending my then husband um philip was going to the spiritual living center of atlanta and i started going with him there what were some of the things that you were learning in science of mind because I know science of mind and it's so totally radically different than the Christianity that that we grew up with so share some of the distinctions that you were receiving about what was now possible through science of mind that was totally completely opposite um, to what you had learned from Christianity that was opening up your mind
1: yeah yeah, it was uh it was different. Um the main thing that I can remember was was the use of my thoughts. At that time, um even when I, after I first learned about it, and as a lot of people do, I was looking to use it to get something. I thought this was going to be the way that I was going to get something. And um and it wasn't until later, many years later that I recognized that I had everything. That it wasn't it wasn't about this getting so so learning to uh, recognize that you already have everything and that you're creating your world that came later that came came later but in the beginning I remember thinking this was such a relief to know that there wasn't some separate power out there uh, uh-huh. you know trying to get me so to speak and um, fortunately my parents. They weren't real grounded in Christianity, so they didn't have any uh, issue one way or the other about this new journey that I had. Okay. Uh, they were the kind of parents that used to drop me off on Sunday and then pick me up. So they did their job you know, to get me, me <laughs> educated. But, um, but as I went through that, I learned the main thing that I learned was that God was everywhere. God was everywhere and God was in me. Isn't and, that amazing? Um, that yeah. yeah that's that was Sharon, mm-hmm. yes. when
0: you discovered that, how did that shift your perspective? Because in Christianity, God is on a cloud somewhere.
1: Exactly. It was a relief because, like I mentioned earlier, when I used to go to church, I literally was looking around in the church for where the devil was. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of scared, like wh- like where are they and they you know they talked about fire and brimstone, and that kind of bothered me too and uh so coming into this new thought, uh it was a relief to recognize that um God was in me as me um and just and that I didn't have to fear a lot of fear got dropped uh in that time frame uh I still had some you know, over years, I mean, this has been a very long journey, it never stops. That was another thing I learned that it never stops. I used to think, oh, I've arrived, I've got, now I know it. And then only to learn that there was so much more to learn. So um, yeah, recognizing that God was everywhere was the biggest thing. So so the idea that, you know, God is omnipotent, God is um, uh, uh, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere present. That was, that was my mantra.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that because, you know, as we both have discovered on this journey, when you get to the place that you recognize God is everywhere, then it makes logical, um, it's logical to understand that if God is everywhere, God is in you. And when we begin to cultivate a a relationship with that God within, that's when life really begins to change. Because like you said, and and this happened to me, and I've been a coach now for almost 14 years. And this has happened to everybody that I've worked Mm -hmm. with. We start the journey of discovering that there's so much more to us than what we have been taught. And then we want to use that power to get stuff. Yes. But there is a point in the journey when there is a maturity that happens. And and to me, it's like you flip a switch and you realize that, well, if God is everywhere and God is in me and God is omnipotent and, and omnipresent and all that is, then what could be missing? Yeah. And, and the journey shifts within. Yes what did you begin to experience? What were some of your realizations or shifts in your life when you began to realize that there was nothing missing? And then comes the journey of accepting that and releasing blocks to that awareness.
1: Yeah, there's, um, I remember back uh, probably in the 90s is is when I started realizing that, um, that I was creating all of the challenges that I was having uh, everybody has a particular area in which they're kind of focused on. Mine was around money. Mine was around abundance and prosperity, and I it would elude me uh, time after time after time until it finally hit me that it's it's not anywhere. It's just it's right here. And so books like um, The Secret of Letting Go, dropping a lot of the um, expectations and um, just things outside of myself that I thought that I had to uh, live up to um, being able to just release those kinds of things really helped me make that shift. And, um, and that's probably what I got, why I ended up in the financial service business. Cause I thought it was there too. I thought, well, if I learn all about money, then that, you know, then I'll have more. And even, even after that, that even made it worse because I was still, I was still claiming and affirming that I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I recognized that I had it and affirmed that I had it, that I had it.
0: <laughs> yes. Was, oh, makes know. perfect sense. Yeah. Um, so, so you kind of brought us to an intersection where we can go in a bunch of different ways. So le- let me go in one direction and then we'll come back okay. and follow through. So um, you mentioned that all of us have kind of a particular area where we're going to be doing a lot of work. So for me, like you, it was also around money and also around um, uh, death. I had to get comfortable with my mom's death and then I had to get get comfortable because that's when I began to really make that decision that I am eternal was when my son was doing drugs and I had to get comfortable with the idea that he could possibly die. And that freed me from the fear of death and uh, the divorce that I went through with my husband is what entered me into my my journey around money, and so so there is there are lessons for some people. It's health for some people. They're born with with um, bodies that are have limitations, or later on they have uh, dis- diseases, illnesses. For some people, it's all about learning about relationships. I mean, so there are definite areas that we get to work on. So I can relate with you around the part about you know money and death and for me. So so that moved you into the realm of of the financial world. But like you were saying, so so we'll talk about the financial world in a little bit, because that's an important part of our three dimensional life. We're here. We're humans operating on a planet that relies on money. We, we have we exchange. We have transactions and to deny money. Sometimes it's part of what spiritual people do, but then we got to come back and make peace with it and acknowledge that it's part of the journey. So I'll have you take us into that, the realm of finances. But let's talk about what you said that I thought was really key. You kept affirming that you wanted to receive money, which only, only solidified that you didn't have it. Because people don't understand that I want money, I want money. What it states to a universe that is always saying yes is, "I want money because I don't have money right so how did you shift that conversation in your mind and speak to the to the power of making that shift because that is to me one of the areas where most people really can't get to they cannot yeah. get at what they're asking for. Is a statement of "I don't have it." Right. Yeah. How that gets switched so that you can ask from a place of of already it being there.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was a big one for me, and that's and and I have, I have such um, empathy uh, for people who are not recognizing the power of their words, um, mm-hmm. and I'm constantly. <clears throat> You know, my friends, I'd probably drive them crazy, but I'm constantly like, "Oh, watch what you're saying," because even I, for so so many years, didn't realize how powerful my words were.
0: Me too. And um, Mm -hmm.
1: even after intellectually understanding that we're energy and that our you know our words create and all of that, after years and years of of really uh, accepting that and knowing that intellectually the experience of continuously affirming that I didn't have took me in a spiral, me and my husband, my husband and I, in a spiral of less and less and less and less until it was like, okay, it's like you, you fall to the bottom and then all you can do is look up. And then it just dawned on me one day, it's like, what am I saying? And when I switched that conversation with myself immediately, I mean, money was <laughs> was right in our face, literally. I couldn't see it. I mean, I mean, physically, it was there. Is it had always been there? But because I was affirming that I didn't have it, I couldn't see it. And mm-hmm. it's that's just how powerful we are. That um, that it was. I had it. Everywhere I discovered it um, right there where I was, and so that was that switched my conversation of really paying attention to what I was saying.
0: Yes, but that applies to whether you are wanting health, and and I want health. I want health. I want you know this cancer to go away. I want that to happen, or you want a partner. Or, or you want, you know, more vacation time, you know, more relaxation time, or more connection with God. This, this affirming from a place of believing we don't have it, is is something that we all get trained into. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you and I met through uh, the class that I do at this Virtual Living Center on a Course in Miracles. But the Course in Miracles is really clear that our egoic mind is trained into coming from lack. There's not enough out there. And I'm trying to get right. a slide of the one limited pie that there is according to what the world teaches.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: in reality, when you're when you're aligning with a, an omnipotent creator that is present everywhere, that has no limits, it the conversation is totally different. So, Speak to some practical um, experiences that you had that allowed you to shift. So we can give some some actual examples.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so as a you know I'm a I'm a licensed practitioner, and um, and I've been a practitioner for ooh a long time. And Thank even you what that is, please. yeah, sure. practitioner is a study in consciousness of raising your consciousness and. Um, using your consciousness to assist others in affirming who they really are in the sense that they are you know their uh, expressions of God, and helping them by knowing something bigger, better for them that they at that moment can't see for themselves yeah. and so when we as speak we as practitioners uh, sit with someone to assist them. We have been trained to rise above the thought systems that are keeping them in that place, and knowing something better for them. And so, um, I forgot what the question was. Now, <laughs> no,
0: no, no. So, and that's through science and mind.
1: Science and mind. So, yeah. One of the so the practice um, that I use, I recommend um, as just one of many. I mean, I I I do. A number of things, but one is called called spiritual mind treatment. spiritual mind treatment is an affirmative prayer uh affirming what you um know that you have, affirming that God is all there is and God is the only power and so it's a it's a five step process. some people use a seven step but it's a five step process in <clears throat> adjusting your mind, your thinking along the lines of what it is you are wanting, claiming, affirming.
0: Yes. And mm-hmm. so the, the question was, so give us some examples of some of the things that you had to shift in your own consciousness to be able to allow you to recognize what was already there. So take us through your own personal shifting.
1: Yeah. So my own personal shifting came from, came from just, um, you know, you read, you study, you read, uh, you know these things intellectually, um, even as a as a minister, an ordained minister, even though you know them intellectually, it's telling somebody that they have all power, that's a big deal. That's like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a big deal. Accepting that is the other part of that. Accepting that you are the Uh, expression of that power and so even though knowing it you know um, really coming to accept is what I had to what I had to learn and how I came to that place was actually seeing it with my eyes seeing that one moment or one day I was here the next moment the next day it has completely shifted just from my change in thought and so just like I mentioned with the money and we were going you know down 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 the road of you know going having to borrow having to to pawn something because there was no money there was no money and not even realizing that in my drawers in my closet in my account there was money and i didn't see it just that shift alone to to believe that it was already there it had been there all the time and, um, and opening up that way for more to come. And so if a person can experiment with it, experiment with their own uh, words and belief system and notice everything that is occurring and acknowledging that that was the reason for the shift, yeah. That's that's huge acknowledging that that's you know I changed my mind therefore now I see what's happening being able to recognize that is pr- probably more powerful than all the books that you can read to just uh, take in that
0: Absolutely because you know so many so many books are written it, it, every book is written Uh, unless it's channeled it is written from the perspective of the consciousness that that writer is in so everybody takes you to whatever level of consciousness they're at and some um have been able to master affirming things with with such uh certainty that of course it's going to manifest Mm -hmm. but others have been a, a go to the place of looking at well why didn't I have it to begin with why was I not experiencing that when it is my birthright? it's how I was created and for me that was the place that when I began to realize oh my gosh I know all this spiritual stuff in my head but why why am I still having um disconnect from God why am I still having fears why am I still having lack or concerns about what might happen to my son or, or my any of my children or, or anybody so that conversation then has to move from a knowingness in the head and it begins to have to move into a a knowingness in the heart it has to become a lived truth yeah what what was that like for you to Because for me, it was very startling when I began to realize how much self-doubt I had, how many fears, how inconsistent I was, how, yeah, I knew I was one with God, but was I operating from that level of of awareness that everybody is one with God, which means compassion and kindness? Was I operating at that love level? Um, That took me years to move from my head to my heart. what was that like for you?
1: Well, that's still actually even occurring because that's how I ended up in your class, uh, Course in Miracles, because um even as far as I have come, I'm learning every week that I am so not even there. <laughs> Cause when I'm still having certain thoughts about certain people and all that kind of thing, I know I, you know, I take complete responsibility that I'm creating that. Um and I'm Um, affirming that. So uh, going through life, you don't notice some things, you don't uh, notice certain thoughts that you have, certain horrible thoughts that you can have about people, which I was really shocked to recognize, oh my gosh, that's what I, you know, have been thinking about that person or this, you know, situation. And so really going deeper and recognizing uh, even another layer being removed about um, what I know, yeah. you know, there's so much more. And so I just enjoy uh, the aha that I get every week <laughs> as, oh my gosh. And uh, just try to do better the next week, you know, just try to do better during the week using what I have and, and recognizing and seeing the kinds of thoughts that are running through my mind that I didn't even pay attention to.
0: And, you know, that that is one of the hardest things that I, for me, as well as, as the clients that I've worked with, especially the ones that I, I work with for an extended period of time, because then I can see their progression. But it is super hard to be a witness to your own thinking, because we think we are our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We believe we are our thoughts. So we never stop to listen to them or question them. And what is it that they say that we have? you know, sixty to 80,000 thoughts per day. Right. Do we really pay attention to those thoughts and know that we are thinking sometimes pretty horrible things? Yes. And that was very startling for me when I began to see how judgmental and and vicious and and jealous and and all of those, my low self-worth, my sense of superiorness to others and inferiorness I, I was like a pendulum swinging all yeah. over the place. What what was that like for you when you began to really observe that?
1: <laughs> I just had to laugh <laughs> because I'm like, oh my gosh, I am just you know, it's um, <clears throat> I call it uh, spiritual malpractice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had a lot of spiritual malpractice going on because I because having taken so many courses and having received so many titles and all of that and um you get to a point where you think uh you may not say it, but you kinda think you know where you are, what what's going on, to only realize that oh my gosh, look at look at you, look at what you're thinking, look at what you're judging, look at how you're and not even recognizing that you had been doing it to come to that realization i just have to laugh it's like oh you you god you're funny <laughs> and um you know and I, and, I, and i and you can kind of laugh at it because it's not you know it's this this life is um it's a comedy <laughs> <laughs>
0: When you begin to really Just, see what's going on yeah. it really does turn into a comedy because we're creating it this is what's so amazing we are so powerful and our thoughts are creating everything there is nothing that is not thought first that's why right. in the beginning was the word what was the word the word was god commanding through its desire through its thinking through its, yeah. its um wanting so everything that, that exists is a, is a manifestation of a desire first. So to get to the place though, because people that listen to this program are all over the place on their journey. So to get to this place that you realize the insanity and the funniness of it, how silly it is, we're creating everything and we've created things that we don't like. Um, but until you get to that place that you can laugh at it, you really think, that what is happening is serious and terrible serious, and bad yeah. and happening to me. Um, so a- as a practitioner, you get people who come to you. And of course, um, we talked about where people can can um, find find you, and I had written that down. Mm-hmm. So let me put that on the screen. So if people mm-hmm. want to see you as a practitioner, they can go yeah. to SL, and because this is also a podcast, I'm gonna read it, spell it okay. out for those watching it, so they can go to slc-atlanta.org slash support. That's the Spiritual Living Center of Atlanta's website where you'll be able to find um, not only information about what a practitioner does, but also connect with Avon through that site. Let mm-hmm. me repeat that is slc-atlanta.org slash support. Um, but how would you how do you address when somebody comes to you and they're sharing with you? You know, they're beginning to learn that their thoughts create their reality, but their reality to them feels like a nightmare. It feels horrible. How how does it as a practitioner do you help them understand what's what's going on to acknowledge their power to shift while they're in the midst of believing? they're powerless to what is
1: yeah and so when a person is sitting with us or on the phone or whatever we automatically move into that space of love and compassion um, because we recognize that um, in this scene this movie this story that they're suffering and so we we start there uh, and the words that we speak uh, and it all comes from. It's all channeled. It's all channeled. The words that we speak, uh, coming from recognizing uh, who we are and who they are, and then guiding them through prayer, through that acknowledgement of that God, ha- you know, is every everywhere present uh, there for them, and acknowledging that uh, the word that uh, they speak, and I'm speaking for them is the very thing that they're wanting you know walking them through that and they they get up feeling completely different feeling completely shifted uh because we are in that that state that knowingness that at that moment they are having a hard time knowing a a practitioner when i before i became a practitioner i went to a practitioner and uh, she she made a description of what i was going through so vivid and i still carry this um and it was around money um i was needing to have some money to to pay for something that i didn't have at the time and when i went to her she says i know it feels like um you remember that that commercial uh, some some younger people won't remember this but there was a commercial way back about a paper tiger. I think it was Fuji or, uh, and then you, it looks so real. And oh. then a man jumps through it and you recognize it's not real. Yeah. Well, she gave me that description. She said, this feels like that paper tiger that looks so real. And um, and then a man jumps through it and you said, oh, it was, it was, I think it was Fuji. I, I, I think I so. I think I so. Yeah. You recognize it's 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 a fiji. Photography, yeah. yeah. And um and that and I carry that image all the time because it looks so real, mm-hmm. but it's not real. And it's that man jumps through it and then you realize that it's not real. And so that's where I take my clients uh to recognizing that what they're experiencing is um a paper
0: tiger.
1: Yeah. Like it feels so real. Yes. It looks real.
0: <laughs> yes. So let let's talk about why it's not real. Because when you, when you begin to understand, you know, God is everywhere. Then you have to again go back to logic. Well if it's everywhere, it can't just be a solid thing mm-hmm. because the air is not solid. So what is it? Then then you realize okay God is energy. And now we move God from being a father, an angry father on a cloud, um, which how can that even make sense? If it's, if it's a solid, you know, being on a cloud, it's going to fall through. Um, I had that awareness when I was flying one time and our airplane, went right through clouds and for the first, and I was an adult, I was in my Uh forties and I'd flown a lot before that. And all of a sudden I'm moving through a cloud and I went, well, if God was a man on a cloud, he would have fallen through. How, how can we make yeah. that up? How can that yeah. be even a reality? Yeah. But it was my truth as a child. So as you begin to utilize logic, which is to really begin to see how powerful the mind is, that's mm-hmm. what logic helped me understand, mm-hmm. is that if my mind believes something, then that becomes my truth and my reality. But as, right. as I began to see God as energy, if it's everywhere and God created everything and it's in me, mm-hmm. then that creative energy is in me. So if that creative energy that is God creates everything, then I am a creator of everything by virtue of having God in me. Right. And from that place, my mindset began to shift. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I began to understand because on this spiritual journey, depending on, on you know what you're studying at some point though you come to the place where you understand that this is all a virtual reality right and we're deciphering between what is real and what is an illusion what is Mm -hmm. not real Mm -hmm. but if you don't understand logically what is real and what is not real It's very difficult. I know it was for me Mm -hmm. to tell somebody, well, your fear is not real. They want to punch you in the face. I wanted to punch people when Mm -hmm. I was telling them, you know, my suffering and my anger was so real. Um, But how do you help people? understand what an illusion is so that you can begin to not have such a big charge um, and power over them
1: yeah well one of the things that I um, let people know that this journey is a remembering okay it's not um, some knowledge they're they're getting from the outside there's somewhere in them that knows the truth so this is not a this is not i I'm getting this information. This is a remembering. When I do a treatment, it's all about, uh, thank you God for reminding me, thank you God for allowing me to remember and that touches that part of them that knows, Mm -hmm. okay? So in the process of treatment, we are literally raising the energy, the vibration. So when you raise vibration, think about uh, how water acts. When you uh, have an ice cube, which is very solid, you know very you can't penetrate it, it's very solid. When you raise the vibration or the energy molecules in it, you raise it to become um, liquid. okay? Mm-hmm. It goes from ice to liquid because you've basically heated it up or raised the vibration. In treatment, we're raising the vibration. The next step, if you continue to heat it up or raise the vibration, it goes to steam. Now you can have much more control over, well, over steam. You can re what I call concretize it. That's a word from David Reverend David Alt. You can re concretize it once you get it to steam. You can put it in a different shape, a different form, once you've raised the vibration. So in prayer and treatment, we are raising the vibration so that we can remold the thoughts. We can remold the energy, so to speak. I know that's a very simplistic analogy, Mm -hmm. but if you can kind of think along the lines that you are uh, moving out of that solid three-dimensional space into a um, more malleable space, Mm -hmm. I guess is what you can say then you can redirect your um, energy through the words that you speak and create something different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes something as simple as just recognizing that you were mistaken about something. So for me, just the whole idea around God was a powerful um, opportunity for me to see that one moment I believed one thing the next moment I had a shift and I began to believe something else mm-hmm. so that gave me a what I could call a solid um, if you will experience of God in another way where before my experience of God as as a father or an uh, angry father on a cloud that was going to punish me was solid to me but in the process of of melting the solidity like you were to use that mm-hmm. analogy i had to let go of it being that way and and it shifted into that steam where okay i i didn't know what god was mm-hmm. I, there, there was a moment in my mind where there was a not knowing then what possibly god could be and then there was a oh god is this loving energy that is everywhere I mean it took me years to make that shift Mm -hmm. so i had god being one way fear-based and then god being love-based and the in between that was a constant me shifting my thinking accepting the possibility hearing the perspective from different people getting to the place where i was comfortable hearing that God was love, that God is energy, that God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it does take a process. I mean, it yes, takes it time. Does. And that's also one of the great teachings is uh, patience in the spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So share with you, how did you come to, to develop, to cultivate your relationship with what now you know God is um, as, as the energy uh, of love? How was that for you?
1: Yeah. Well, that's been, I don't even remember when that started, but I think when I first uh, started going to the church back in the 70s, uh, 80s, whenever that was, early 80s, to the Science of Mind, the whole idea, which was so exciting for me to recognize that God was um, loving and uh, unchangeable, recognizing that, that was exciting to me. It was just took uh, many years to i would say uh utilize or accept that uh mm-hmm. because you know it intellectually and you're excited i I remember just being thrilled I wanted everybody to know and um and then later I learned that everybody's in their own place that you can't um you know, like a friend of mine told told me, Avon, everybody's not there. <laughs> I was sending information to people. I was, you know, mm-hmm. what I discovered, and you know, I was, you
0: know, we do get you know, excited when we I was discover excited. that. I was yes,
1: excited. but I did come to realize that people are in different grades, different journeys, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and different experiences through life. That on their in their own time, they um, they they know what. They'll know what they need to know. They'll find the right teacher will will appear when they're ready. Okay, exactly. so when I do spiritual mind treatment, those that I do spiritual mind treatment with are ready. They've already found, or they're already in the space or the place where the next step is to um, work with someone. So not everybody who's walking on the street is going to be ready to hear what I have to say or, or he, understand the prayer and yeah. that's fine. People will, everyone will find their way yeah. um, and they will know, they will be divinely guided to the right place at the right time.
0: Which is, it's also part of what we have to learn as as coaches, spiritual teachers, you know, ministers. I, I know you're ordained as well. Um, is, and obviously this applies to anything in life, but Mm -hmm. respecting other people being where they are, believing what they believe is part of, to me, coming off of what I call my spiritual pedestal where Mm -hmm. I thought I knew all this truth and I wanted to impart it to save people, to save them from the suffering and the pain because I wasn't quite appreciating that all that suffering has a purpose. Uh, but back to what you were saying, people came to you because they were, they were seeking, they were questioning, they were asking, they were willing, and they, they were open to receiving how beautiful that, you know, when you get to the place that you are, you're mature enough in your knowingness that you don't try to, uh, go out there and preach because it's not about preaching. It's about being an example of that. Um, let me let me shift the conversation a little bit back to you were talking about prosperity earlier um that that was a path for you learning to see the power of your mind and how in your affirming that you needed you wanted discovering you were coming from lack but that obviously inspired you that path that journey that had to do with money and abundance because you ended up becoming a financial advisor mm-hmm. and so, share in a world where money is in in a three dimensional world where the ego is active when we don't understand spiritual principles mm-hmm. money can be considered such a dirty thing a, a thing to manipulate to hurt to you know to to buy you things that keep you unconscious mm-hmm. distracted. How did you bring consciousness to you know awareness of truth into that? what would appear to be a dense aspect of our human experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's um, I think how I when I ended up and how I ended up in this profession, um, like I mentioned earlier, it was something that I struggled with. So naturally, I have empathy and compassion for people that come to me with challenges in that area. And with the consciousness that I've now you know come to around money, it allows me to have a conversation that's more um holistic i think it may be a word to to use with people around money of uh, just a different different um uh consciousness around helping people so that uh they feel good um when we talk about money, so not only do I have the technical knowledge about how money works and you know all of that, but I have the spiritual capacity and consciousness to, um, because it really is about how people feel. You know, when when people feel good, money flows. When people um, are not hung up about um, in in fear you know, then money money will flow. So just being that kind of um presence to uh support that, I think is where what I contribute to to that industry, to that field.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like you, you have to do a lot of educating people.
1: Yes, a lot of educating. And so uh, and I love educating. I love teaching. I love, I love, love, love that. So, so it just all fits together, and um, you know, that's my prosperity, my abundance, to be able to do what I love to do.
0: Yes. Well, share some uh, simple uh, to understand, but nothing in the spiritual journey is 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 simple. All of it is yeah. pretty profound, but share some things that could be. Uh, practical applications that people can use to reset their programming, their mm-hmm. thinking around money, that that are relatively simple, word wise, that we can receive from you. Um, mm-hmm. Just just some thoughts, some nuggets of wisdom. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the biggest ones is this idea of appreciation. So when when people come to me and we're talking about their uh, finances, their budget, and so forth, uh, one of the mm-hmm. things I try to get up front is. Like let's take a budget for example. Uh, some people are uh, angry <laughs> about their budget or have some, you know, particular words about their budget. But what I want them to realize is the um, to have appreciation for what it for what the money is um, buying for them. Appreciation in you know the the house that, that's that's taking care of them, the appreciation in the the gas, the car, the all of those things, instead of looking at, oh, this is taking away from me, look what it's giving to me. So mm-hmm. when we can shift the mindset around what I'm receiving mm-hmm. from this uh, spending of money, um, then we can begin to shift that consciousness. So sometimes I have clients who are ready to hear this, I have them change, uh, words like I have to pay this bill to uh, this is a request of appreciate for appreciation. This is um, my request for this is their request for my appreciation for this Mm -hmm. Um, or just shifting the words Mm -hmm. to have a more, you know, recognizing that this is good. Mm -hmm. And um, so something simple like that, just how we talk about money, how we think about money, Um, and appreciating money. Money is like a child. It loves to be appreciated. It loves to be uh, loved. (laughs) And so people have been taught out of that, right? We've been taught not to love money, but money is energy and it serves a purpose. And so we have to respect and love and appreciate it.
0: Yes, because when you get indoctrinated at a young age, and again, so sorry about my voice, um, at a young age with uh, money is the root of all evil and only mean people have money or, or just things like that, it, it does something to your psyche. It trains your mind to think of money in a certain way. So unconsciously we are wanting to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. We don't want it because we don't wanna be evil. Mm-hmm. If you've grown up with that belief in, in evil and Satan and devil and mm-hmm. all of those things. So we don't wanna be that ugly, aspect Um, so yes retraining going to the place of appreciation is powerful because what you said matches what the course of miracles teaches about giving and receiving are one so as somebody is giving the money they are receiving the value back the electricity the car the gas the the clothes Mm -hmm. But we tend to see money going out and nothing coming in. Nothing coming
1: back. Right. But
0: when 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 there is yeah, a connection of that giving and receiving Mm -hmm. always happen at at once, cause and effect happens at once. Then are you really losing? You just transferred, you just transferred the energy from paper or or a digit in your bank account to something tangible that you are experiencing for that for that exchange um how can people um find you to be able to utilize your services as a financial advisor
1: sure they can just look me up um online uh, you can go to primerica.com slash avon drummond my name and uh, it'll pull up my page and uh what i do and our philosophy and and uh, the services that i offer um so primerica.com forward slash Avon Drummond will okay. bring you right there.
0: So let me, I'm going to go ahead and put that mm-hmm. on here on, so it will show That's it. Yeah. Uh, on the Facebook live, but let me spell it out for those who are listening to the podcast. Primerica, dot com sl- forward slash Avon, A-V-O-N Drummond, D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D. Mm-hmm. So for a conscious financial advisor, please reach out to Avon. I know she would love to help you as well as if you are looking for a practitioner back to that SLCA um, slash or SLC slash Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, forward slash. Yeah,
1: yeah, SLCA dash Atlanta forward slash support.
0: Support. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, so. We're coming up to the, the completion of this interview. We could keep talking forever. It's just so much fun to I'm talk to others this. about consciousness. But go ahead and share, how do you align with the truth of who you are? How do you maintain that as a practice? Because I know for me, it is a practice. I've got to keep doing it. I've got to stay practice. in that space of aligning with mm-hmm. with God's or spirit, the truth of who I am, because that, that has become... Um, It's the most important thing to me is is. is to stay aligned with God's will for me because I've realized that the creator of the universe wants way more for me than I even can imagine just because of my finiteness Mm -hmm. in this physical world. I cannot know all that is possible from the creator of universes, of universes, of multi universes. Yeah. So, how do you stay aligned?
1: Well, I uh, can definitely tell you. I know when I'm not aligned, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and when I and when that occurs, I uh, I have to I have to quickly uh, do whatever uh, spirit tells me to do to get in alignment. Now, depending on the situation, it could be that I now have that I have the time to sit down and meditate. Okay, so so that's one way. If I don't have time to sit and meditate. Uh, and I can't find the right words or thoughts to um, to get me back in centered, I may just use a mantra. The mantra that I use is, I love you. For some reason, that just melts everything and just helps me to kind of see things differently. Uh, so I'll just, in my mind, like, I love you. I love you. I just keep saying that. And that just kind of calms things down. So uh, being in alignment is, up there with breathing for me. I have to, and it's not, it hasn't always been like that. Um, But now that I'm so clear, there's such a drastic difference between being in alignment and not that I just, I just have to do it, (laughs) I just have to. And 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 when I find myself just through walking through life, you know, you see things, you hear things and they kind of knock you out knock you um, off your uh, alignment I, I just have to go do the work that I need to do so you know I teach um, I teach uh, in the financial industry uh, I'm always with a, a huge class of, of individuals and uh, <clears throat> sometimes I get interesting people who uh, help oh. me uh recognize that okay uh you need to (laughs) you need to get back in alignment avon (laughs) (laughs) and then and then i just do what i need to do in order to do that so yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) it is it is a constant course correction bringing ourselves back into alignment bringing ourselves because it's so easy to pull out it is but fortunately you know, when you begin to discover what that home base is, that, that oneness with God, that acknowledgement of the truth of who we are, that presence that is around us and in us, and we're within it. And in that space of of oneness and and awareness of the goodness, the love, the joy, the compassion, the gentleness that exists. Like you said, I, I agree with you, it's so perfect. I too know when I'm out of alignment. Um, when i'm in alignment i don't need to do anything about right. it I'm just happy. <laughs> you know yeah. life is fun and easy in that right. moment nothing to correct but thank you so much for um being with me today and being another example of an ordinary person who just like me just like these viewers these listeners you've done the work and we have to do the work to discover the truth and as as avon said um, it's really a remembering because the truth doesn't leave us. We just get trained out of believing the truth. So then mm-hmm. we've got to remember how to, that it is there so we can then shift our thinking to accept it and, and believe it again. But Avon, let me give you the last uh, parting uh, minute here. Share, share whatever you want to share with our oh, audience.
1: Okay. Well, uh, one of the things I, I love to to to, um, because I talk to a lot of people and I I am a counselor, and I'm a coach also, is I tell people uh, never make a a major decision until you are in alignment, until you are feeling good about yourself. Uh, Whenever you make a big decision about something and you feel really bad or you're upset, it probably won't turn out real good. Uh, but if you can you can just pause for a moment and um, you know uh, get, sit in prayer or talk to a person to um, raise your your energy, your vibration or affirm for you uh, who you are, then life is so much easier when you do that. Life is so much easier. Lina, thank you so much for having me on. I've enjoyed talking to you so much. And uh, and I enjoy coming to your class. I, I whenever I, I have to miss it, but I absolutely enjoy it. It's it's my new practice now <laughs> to go to class on Wednesday night at SLCA. So I appreciate everything that you do for us and I appreciate you having
0: me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Remember that we don't have classes Wednesday night.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One <laughs> well, of a few times I will miss it. Well, thank you so much. And and to everyone watching, join us again next week on Monday for another episode of Align with Lina. I have my friend Anne and you're going to enjoy listening to her um she is not only a a, a decorator a designer you know but she does she brings consciousness to whatever it is that you're doing in your home which is a lot of fun so thank you avon and have a wonderful day and and everybody let's all remember we really are magnificent because we have god inside of us and god is magnificent so we have to be that too thanks a bunch and i'll see you next
1: week bye. -bye. thank you bye-bye